Welcome to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor, and CEO of Cutton Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. This podcast offers a broad range of financial planning concepts to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Jonathan will provide you with concepts that bring you confidence, simplicity, and success on your journey to financial and retirement security. Join us as we explore ways to help you feel more assured, connected, and in control of your financial life. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Barron's Hall of Fame advisor, John Cutton. I'm your co-host, Matt Halloran. Today, we are going to talk about value as it relates to cut and wealth management and who they provide great value to. John, first off, welcome to the show. Thanks, Matt. Excited to be here again. Now, value is something that we hear thrown around a lot in our industry. And before we really jump into the what, I want to talk about the who. Let's talk about who you help, please. We help people in all shapes and sizes. So I'll start by saying that, and as you now know, Matt, I like to kind of give stories, right? So I'm gonna go back uh, to when I started in the business in 1994. And you know what I could share is we helped any human being in 1994 who was looking for help, whether it was to ultimately help with their debt management and restructuring their credit card debt or their student loans or whether or not to buy or lease a car. I share that as we've grown, one of the things that we've kept as a firm is anyone who would like advice, we want to actually help. So again, the theme of one of the main reasons I've started this podcast is to be able to help educate Americans as it relates to financial planning and concepts, et cetera. So I want to start by saying that we have clients in all shapes and sizes and are willing to help anyone who can use a hand. With that being said, I'd say there are three main categories, and I think we might have hit this in the last podcast. One, we have a cute little acronym in our office, and we call some of our clients Henry's, right? And what a Henry is, it stands for high earner, not rich yet, right? So high earners, not rich yet. So generally uh, a younger person maybe, right? Or for that matter, someone later in life that just started to make money and doesn't yet have an accumulation of assets. Think an attorney, a doctor, or for that matter, someone who might've had a corporate career done okay in middle management, but then started a business and is now having success. So helping those folks actually accumulate assets and be smart in how they save. And we can probably go into each of these in details. I'd say the second category and probably where we do the most work as a firm is what I would call the mass affluent marketplace. So to me, the mass affluent are individuals who have somewhere between say 500,000 and $5 million of investable assets. Some have less sometimes, some have more, primarily hardworking Americans that have worked hard, that have accumulated a nest egg, that need to make smart decisions because those folks aren't in that net high net worth space, which I'll talk about next. So the decisions that they make really have an impact on how they'll retire 
and the quality of life that they'll have uh, in the future, right? Those little decisions have a really big impact. And a lot of our mass affluent work, while we work with both younger clientele who are kind of in that scenario where they're maybe educating their children and at the same time looking to prepare for retirement, uh, a lot of our clients are very retirement minded. So probably the biggest part of our business are those folks who are probably 55 to 65 that are preparing for retirement that have accumulated that 500,000 to $5 million and they just don't know if it's enough and wanna make sure that they do the right planning so that they don't run out of money someday and they don't retire too early or for that matter, work longer than they need to in certain cases as well. And then of course, that translates to the retirees as well. Once they retire, they are now retirees and we're there to help them with what we like to call the distribution phase of their retirement. And then the third, and maybe the fastest growing part of our practice is what I would call the high net worth or ultra high net worth, the industry likes to call. And those to me uh, are people who have 5 million of investable assets or higher. Many of them might have 10 or 25 or $50 million net worths. Lots of times what we find is those folks are either executives of corporations that have been rewarded heavily with company stock and such and employee stock option plans and et cetera, or business owners, business owners who have either accumulated a lot of wealth through running a successful business or have gotten to the stage where they're either considering exiting their business and monetizing, i.e. selling their business, or have already sold their business and have been able to bring in substantial assets from all the work that they've done to build a successful business as well. And that comes along with lots of kind of sophistication and tax planning. And we've talked, Matt, a little bit about a lot of the work we do closely with CPA firms is a niche in our business. So lots of our CPA partners obviously support business owners. And as they have complex needs, we've ultimately served to be a really good resource to help those clients and those CPAs make good, smart decisions when they monetize their life's work. So planning is something everybody needs, but everybody's plan is very different. I mean, you just outlined three different categories of people, John, and they all need financial planning. How do you provide them with the flexibility? Because those are some pretty big differences in what a Henry needs versus an ultra high net worth need. Exactly right. And it, it wasn't always that way, right? So back in 94, like I shared, it was just me. And I helped everybody in all shapes and sizes and kind of figured it out on my own. We are 80 plus people in the organization today. And what we've really done is we've kind of created separate divisions within the business. So we have over 25 advisors on the team and then licensed power planners. And so you know, once we meet a prospective client, whether they be a Henry, whether they be mass affluent or whether they be high net worth, once we understand their needs, we want to match that particular client with an advisor who has the skill set. And usually we work in teams where one client or a couple, right, or an individual client will usually work with two advisors on a team. And then lots of times we'll bring in specialists based on the client scenario to make sure that we've got sort of all of the different areas of their life and situation completely covered. So two, two advisors, that's fascinating. I'm not a spring chicken to this there, Mr. Cutton. I haven't heard of that as a normal model. Why did you do that? 
A lot of reasons. One is it's really hard to conduct a meeting and be a good listener at the same time. My mom told me, Matt, a long time ago, God gave you two ears and one mouth, right? But most of us don't do the best job of that. So we usually have, I wouldn't even call it a junior, senior. I would call it co-advisors, right? Sometimes there's a difference, obviously, in their experience level as well. But it allows one advisor to focus on listening, taking great notes, understanding exactly what's going on, and another advisor to be able to be providing solutions. And really, from that perspective, being able to start to think about how to solve problems. The second part, and we try to do the best we can, we always like to try, it's not always possible. There's not enough, by the way, female financial advisors in the industry. One of the things that we are looking to do, and we've got several female advisors on the team and we want more, different personality types. So sometimes the husband is gonna relate better to a female advisor and the wife might relate better to a male advisor or vice versa. We like to try to have different personality types as well, where someone might be really, really good on the analytical side and like to get into the details and the minutiae as one of our advisors. And the other might be much more of a relationship person and somebody who likes to listen and kind of get into some of the softer pieces of the relationship as well. So we found it works unbelievably well. And it also ultimately allows our advisors to have quality of life and go on vacation and know that, that there's somebody else around who is intimately involved in the case that can handle things if they're in another meeting or on vacation, et cetera. That's so wonderful. One of the biggest concerns that I've heard in this industry is, oh my God, what happens to you? If you're the if you're a one man one woman show and you're not there, the proverbial hit by the bus, you've solved that problem. Now we're going to go back to Henry's because I have a lot of questions about Henry's. You high earner, not rich yet. What value do you, does your team bring to a Henry? Great question. I think it's a lot of different value. One of the and this is really simple, Matt, but. The most important part, I learned this 25, 26 years ago now, the most important part of financial planning, well, let me ask you, Matt, what do you think the number one rule of the most important part of financial planning is? I don't know where I would go with that. I can think of two or three different things. One is the advisor actually listening to what my long-term goals and plans are and being realistic to tell me if I'm on track or not. Am I in the right direction or am I going the wrong direction there? I think that was a good, safe answer, Matt. Yes, I think that was good. <laughs> and again, I set you up there. I didn't give you much of a direction to go on. To me, it is paying yourself first. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. The hardest thing to do is to pay yourself first. And most Americans, I know this is really simple, but this is where I think a lot of advisors miss the boat with their clients. The way you build wealth is by systematically saving money. So if I go and you know, become you know, a, a Henry, right, a high earner, and I'm not rich yet, there was a time that I was still a pretty high earner, but there's a reason I'm not rich. And it might be because I'm driving a fancy car and it might be because I bought a beautiful house, right? So a good friend of mine who's also a financial advisor had once said to me, there's a difference between being affluent and wealthy. 
And if you think about it, one of the things that I get to understand, and there's no judgment by the way, right? Is generally the nicer the car that my prospective client pulls up in the parking lot in, or the nicer the address where they live, generally the lower their 401k balance and their retirement savings and their bank account. And when someone pulls up in a Camry and is living in a small ranch and makes a good living, all of a sudden their assets uh, grow. So probably the biggest thing that we help high earners with is paying themselves first and actually creating a systematic savings program to do that, where they identify goals related to their money, right? We call it goal-based advice. So people sometimes save money for the sake of saving money. What we try to do with those individuals and all individuals is to say, we've got X amount of discretionary income, right? So I'll, I'll give you a great example. Clients of, of the firms, probably going back for 15 years. I can remember they were clients I worked with years ago. Between the two couples, when, we, when they became a client, they were roughly probably 38 to 40 years old, give or take. They had three children. The wife just went back to work and had a, an outstanding job actually in the apparel industry. And the husband also had a very, very good job. Between them, they earned about $750,000 a year. Ooh. Pretty good, pretty good earner. They live here in New York where I live and ultimately had a beautiful house and beautiful cars. I used to go to their home back in the day. So I've been to their home. Their kids went to private school, so on, et cetera. Great vacations, dressed well, the whole nine yards. As the wife went back to work, they went from four or 500,000 of income to call it $750,000 of income. And they were having a hard time, believe it or not, Matt, they had credit card debt. Oh yeah. They had huge leases, a home that was too big. They put a swimming pool in, you name it. They kind of lived their life. And what I did is I started to get them to save and they were saving some money in their 401k, but outside of their 401k, they didn't have a college savings plan. They had no supplemental retirement plan. They didn't have a slush fund, right, for emergencies, all things that we'll kind of talk about throughout the podcast. And we started getting them to start to save, I think it was four or $5,000 a month. And we challenged them. Every time they got a pay raise, we simply said, let's take the pay raise and let's save all of it because you're fine living on your lifestyle plus the four or $5,000 a month. So I don't know exactly where they are right now from a savings perspective. It's not a client I personally work with anymore, but I can share with you, they were saving in excess of $150,000 a year above and beyond their retirement plan by the time I was no longer their advisor, right? So I just simply share that as an example. And what we did is we actually created different buckets of monies for different purposes. Like I had said, whether it be college, whether it be a second home, whether it be the sports car that you want, whether it be retirement. And as long as everything's well thought out and you kind of work backwards and say, what's the big lump sum that I need at some future date? And you can project that and start to determine what you need to save and make small incremental changes it starts to make a really, really big difference. So that was just an interesting example of a way that I think we really helped that kind of Henry market. Well, let's do a, a story next. Again, not using names, but let's talk about the mass affluent, right? So these are people who are 
closer to retirement so that you don't have that 38 to 40 where they've got 25, 30 years that is their retirement horizon. These are people who are right there. What do you do for them? I think that's the one we probably do the most of, right, in the business. Because when you really think about it, through your 30s and 40s, right, and even for a lot of us, 50s, most people are just busy. They're living their lives. They're raising their kids. They're on the lacrosse field or the soccer field or whatever it may be. And they're in the their peak earning years, right? So they're working and putting a lot of hours in at the job, kind of doing the grind. And then something happens, right? People get to the point where they're 55, they start to go, hmm, 60s around the corner, 62. I don't know if I want to stick around till I'm 65. Their friends start to get downsized. Maybe they lost their job. There are all these life events. People start dying in their lives. They're in the sandwich generation. They're their kids and their parents and all that stuff that people deal with. And really what they need, Matt, I mean, it's really simple, is they need, to me, two important things. Number one, they need a plan, right? They, they actually need to understand, based on where they are right now, right? I use the old x-ray analogy for a quarter of a century. They need to take an x-ray and they need to say, where am I right now? How am I doing? Am I healthy? Am I not healthy? Do I have any broken bones? And really define reality. That's the first step. Define reality. I'm 57 years old. I want to retire in five short years at 62. I've got a lump sum of a certain amount of assets that I've put away. I save a certain amount in my retirement plan. I'll have social security, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, we'll talk about social security at some point. Maybe I have a pension, maybe I don't. Most don't these days. And I have a certain lifestyle. And when I put all that together in a formula and I actually compare that to my expenses, count on things like inflation, will I have enough? Will I not have enough to support the lifestyle that I desire to have in retirement? So the first step is do a plan, right? And we do a lot of planning. We talk a little bit about that seasonal advice model, et cetera. And then the second piece really is, in my opinion, you need to align yourself with someone who can lead you through, right? And I'm going to you know, share with you, Matt, my belief is the number one quality that a good financial advisor needs to have is the ability to lead and influence others right? To lead and influence others. So the second piece that I think we really do uh, well with the mass affluent retirement-minded client is we help lead them through the decision-making process, help them to get clear on what they really want for themselves. We've got this process we call it the Woody Woofy process. What do you want for yourself? WD W-Y-F, if I'm doing that right, what, what W-D, do, you, Y, want, W-F-Y, right? So that's a hard one to do, a little bit of a, a tongue twister there. When you really think about it, we want our clients to get clear. I know this sounds corny on their core values. One of the best exercises, Matt, that we do with clients, new clients, is we ask them both separately, if it's a husband and wife, or for that matter, two partners, or if they're single, right? And we ask them to go th through this values exercise and to get clear on what's important to them. So lots of times people's values will be things, they're always different, but the ones we hear a lot are things like health, family, security, happiness, right? Things along those lines. So when we help people get clear on their values and then we help them think about their future, 
What we find a lot, Matt, is Mr. Halloran is retiring down in Florida and Mrs. Halloran is staying, you know, here on the East Coast in the cold weather and they haven't talked about it. We've all seen, right, those advertisements from a retirement perspective that most people spend more time planning their vacation than their retirement. So we help them get clear and by understanding their core values, it allows my team of advisors to be in a much better position to give them advice and guidance in alignment with their core values. So I know that's kind of an exoteric answer, but it really is. It's about planning and it's about leadership. And when you provide those things, the stocks and the bonds and the ETFs and the mutual funds and asset allocation and annuities and life insurance, all that stuff is important. But until you understand what the big picture is and what we're trying to accomplish, those things can't really fall into place. And ultimately, they're commoditized, right? There's only so many mutual funds and exchange-traded funds and asset allocation models out there. So it's really understanding what someone's real why is. You said something earlier about this this being the sandwich generation. And it just sparked me thinking about in your planning meetings, do you guys bring in the matriarch and the patriarch of the family, or do you bring in the kids or the grandkids? How do you incorporate that in not just your planning process, but in the relationship building process that you have? We do, and that's a a fantastic point you make. We do generally annually with our clients, and they don't all want to do it, but we we truly encourage it. And I'd say probably two thirds take us up on it. We do what we call a family planning meeting. We actually meet the patriarch and matriarch of the family and the children and the grandchildren and so on, et cetera. Honestly, COVID has been amazing for that because it used to be hard because people were living all over you know, the country and you couldn't meet people. And now with COVID, we jump on a video conference and we get to really get to know people and see the grandchildren kind of running around in the background and that kind of thing. But yes, that's a big part of what we do. And it's really about helping the children usually, right, for our retiree clients, understand what is it that mom and dad have, right? And again, money is secret for people, right? People, it's taboo. People don't want to talk about it. What we find is you don't need to divulge everything if you don't want to. The more transparency, the better. But it's important that your children, if you're 67 years old, right, or 73 years old, and you've got your life savings with a financial advisor, and that advisor hasn't asked to meet your adult children, then you've got a problem. Right. Because we got to think about how we're passing those assets. What happens if mom or dad needs to go into a long term care facility? Is the estate plan done correctly? The beneficiaries done correctly? All of that stuff is part of what we do in a family planning meeting. Once again, just a, a huge difference maker. Let's talk about the ultra high net worth. Now, their needs and what value you bring from me getting to know you is really different because what they need is fundamentally different because they don't just need a plan. So can we talk about that before we wrap up today? Yeah, sure, sure, Matt. Ultra high net worth is an interesting group in that do they need to do planning? Probably not, right? Meaning they're set, they've got more money than they'll likely need. However, we can actually have the biggest financial impact when it relates to those type of folks, right? Now, it doesn't mean it's going to change their life as much, 
But what it generally means is it's going to actually change their next generation, right? When you hear, Matt, so-and-so comes from old money or family money, what it generally means is someone was really successful in the family and was smart enough to plan wisely so that Uncle Sam, from an estate planning perspective, didn't take a big chunk of their estate or the government from an income tax perspective didn't take a big chunk of their estate or they had someone really smart on their side that helped them get a premium when it was time to exit their business and that's how they ultimately built their wealth so tax mitigation tax strategies estate planning family governance right helping the the family members of wealth understanding that the way you live your life as a child of a wealthy or a, of a wealthy family or a grandchild of a wealthy family, there's just a, a different level of maturity, right? And a different level of understanding that those members ultimately, in our opinion, need to have. So we've got kind of a department uh, that helps with that as well, that ultimately kind of helps, same kind of concept with that family planning meeting, helping children understand the basics of planning, right? One, one of wealthy people have different concerns. And a lot of times it's around, if I'm the person who built all the wealth in my family, I want to make sure my children and my grandchildren don't grow up to be without work ethic, right? Yeah. And spoiled, quote unquote, they call them trust fund babies, right? And there's nothing wrong with having a trust fund. But at the same time, you want to make sure that your children and grandchildren are well-versed in the risks of, in essence, being the child or grandchild of a, of a successful, prominent family. Yeah. What I'm hearing from you in all of these three categories, so the Henry, the mass affluent, and the ultra high net worth is values as a foundation that you help them explore is how you can help them get the greatest value uh, from working with cut and wealth management. Should I have asked you anything else? What, what did I miss about what you do and, and who you work with? No, I don't think you missed anything. I think you were very thorough as usual. The one thing I would say as it relates to all three categories, maybe the biggest benefit is to that higher net worth person. We built the firm in a very tax-centric way purposefully. Okay. I keep going back to our partnerships with accounting firms. In the wealth management industry, you know, when I think about what a consumer thinks that a financial advisor does, I think the average consumer thinks a financial advisor helps you as the consumer to get a good rate of return, right? And to outperform the market and, and to pick the right stocks or bonds or mutual funds, et cetera. And I think that's part of a financial advisor's job, right? Is to give investment advice and do their best to, to perform as well as possible and understand your risk tolerance and goals, et cetera. But I really think what a financial advisor does from where I sit is two, two things, right? For all three of these categories. One is to help get you as the client very clear on your vision for your financial future. Right, whether it be retirement, whether it be your next generation, whether it be sending your kids to college, what are we trying to do, right? And then build a plan to actually bring that vision to life and to ultimately track it on a regular basis. I call them KPIs, key performance indicators, and make sure that we are doing the consistent behaviors on a regular basis 
to stack the odds in our favor to be successful. I think that's the, the one big thing that a financial advisor does. And I think the second place that we try to provide a lot of value, and I don't think most advisors do either of these things extremely well, by the way, some do, of course, but is to couple tax planning and tax mitigation with financial planning and investment management. When you invest someone's life savings or you advise them on how to save for their future, it's ultimately not just about the top line rate of return. It's actually about the net rate of return after taxes. And I think, Matt, we've always run our business this way. I shouldn't say always. For the last 15 or maybe even 18 years, we've really focused on the tax part of the business. And I think over this current administration's regime, I think tax planning is going to become more and more critical because where we are at as a country right now, I could not imagine tax rates and capital gain rates and estate taxes getting any better uh, than they are right now. I believe that a lot of folks out there who might even like to manage their own investments and don't necessarily work directly with a financial advisor and CPA and a state planning firm. I think the necessity to do that is going to be more and more important over the next several years. Yeah. We've got some debts to pay <laughs> as a country. And there's yes, only really do. one way that they do that, yeah, which is taxes. All right, John. Well, thank you very much for walking us through about the value that you bring to your clients. And if you think about some of the questions that John asked today, I want you to think about, is your advisor asking you these questions? And if they're not, the next layer question is, should they? And then the third layer question is, do you want them to? And I think we know the in inherent answers to those questions because you really do want to have these conversations because it not only changes the way that you're going to feel about your potential in retirement. It's one of the biggest things that we hear all the time is that people don't spend in retirement because they're terrified they're going to run out of money. But if you have a good plan in place that has all of the, the considerations that John just talked about with taxation and all of those different components with a good financial plan, it can really make you feel a lot more comfortable in retirement. John, thanks for your thought leadership today. It was fun, Matt. Thanks for having me. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you know somebody who might not be getting the value that they should be getting out of their financial advising relationship, please make sure that you share this podcast with them. So for John and everybody at the Cut and Wealth Management team, this is Matt Hallern, and I'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thank you for listening to Planning for the Certainty of Uncertainty podcast with Jonathan Cutton, Private Wealth Advisor, 2019 Barron's Hall of Fame Advisor, 2022 Forbes Best in State Wealth Advisor. Cut and Wealth Management offers comprehensive financial advice and a broad range of solutions to help you and your loved ones live brilliantly now and in the future. Have questions? Contact us at cutandwealthmanagement at ampf.com or give us a call at 800-445-4595. Don't forget to click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast provides general information, is not intended to provide investment advice, and does not account for individual investor circumstances. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific circumstances. Neither past performance nor any forecast guarantees future results. 
Investment products are not insured by the FDIC, NUCA, or any federal agency, are not deposits or obligations of or guaranteed by any financial institution, and involve investment risks, including possible loss of principal and fluctuation in value. Ameriprise Financial does not offer tax or legal advice. Consult your tax advisor or attorney. Ameriprise Financial has not reviewed and does not endorse any other podcast channel or material. Barron's Hall of Fame advisors have been ranked for 10 or more years on one of the following lists. Barron's Top 100 Financial Advisors, Barron's Top 100 Women Financial Advisors, or Barron's Top 100 Independent Financial Advisors. Barron's generates its rankings from a formulaic analysis of surveys answered by candidates regarding assets, revenue, and quality of practice, including an advisor's regulatory and compliance record. Barron's is a registered trademark of Dow Jones LP, all rights reserved. This award is not indicative of the advisor's future performance. Neither Ameriprise Financial nor its advisors pay a fee to Barron's in exchange for the ranking. The Forbes Top Women, Best in State Women, and Best in State Wealth Advisor ratings are developed by Shook Research and are created using an algorithm that includes both qualitative in-person virtual and telephone due diligence meetings, client impact, industry experience, review of best practices, and compliance records and firm nominations. And quantitative, assets under management and revenue generated for their firm's data. Certain awards include demographic component to qualify. Investment performance is not a criterion because the client objectives and risk tolerances vary, and advisors rarely have audited performance reports. These rankings are based on the opinions of Shook Research LLC and are not indicative of future performance or representative of any one client's experience and are based on data from the previous calendar year. Forbes Magazine and Shook Research do not receive compensation in exchange for the placement on the ranking. For more information, go to www.shookresearch.com. Shook is a registered trademark of Shook Research LLC. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, a registered investment advisor. Ameriprise Financial Services LLC, member FINRA and SIPC. Ameriprise financial advisors are individually registered to do business only in certain U.S. states. Please refer to an advisor's personal website for additional details. Certified Financial Board of Standards, Inc. owns the Certification Marks CFP Certified Financial Planner and CFP Certification Mark with plaque design logo in the United States. The views expressed in this podcast are those of Jonathan Cutton as of June 3rd, 2021, based on market conditions on that date. Actual analysis and decisions made by Ameriprise Financial Services and its affiliates may not reflect these views.